is Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Jesus said, Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide-and-seek game we're in. Your child asks for bread. Do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think the God who conceived you in love will be even better? Thank you, Elaine. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you, beloved. I am Amy Wilson Feltz. I'm the pastor here at Morning Star. Delighted to be with you on this last Sunday in the month of August. Can you believe it? July. August is tomorrow. I'm so far ahead. This schedule with the school system has completely messed me up. I don't know what month it is. I feel so far behind in some ways and so far ahead in other ways. It's July 31st, okay? Our word of the day, as Stuart said, is happy. Happiness also counts. So listen for happy or happiness, whether you are here in the sanctuary or through our online campus. And count how many times I say happy or happiness in the message after this prayer. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> so the prize is a Morning Star t-shirt, if you don't already have one, for happy and happiness. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. So not long before Jason and I were married, about 11 years ago now, he called me at work, and he said, the Green Bay Packers have just made their stock available. If you will allow me to buy one share, I know we're planning a wedding, I know we're on a budget, if you will allow me to purchase one share, I will never ask for anything again. <laughs> so I don't think I even knew at the time that the Green Bay sold stock like that, that Green Bay Packers sold stock like that, and I certainly didn't know that the opportunities were so rare to purchase the stock, but I could tell right away how important this opportunity was for my soon-to-be husband because he was willing to bargain for it. I will never ask for anything ever again, he said. Bargaining is an interesting concept because at its core, it's all about power. The person who has less power or perceives that he has less power is seeking to persuade the person with more power to do something to meet a need, to fulfill a want, perhaps. 
Now, bargaining is nothing new in the human experience, and we see many examples of this in our biblical text as well. While in exile, Jacob bargains with his physical strength for a blessing from God. Moses bargains with God using God's reputation as the bargaining chip to spare the Israelites after they build a golden calf and worship it in the desert. Hannah bargains with God for a son, promising to dedicate the child as a priest in the faith. She gives birth to Samuel, who becomes the priest who anoints the first king of Israel. So perhaps you have your own experiences of praying in moments of desperation. God, if you will just do this, then I will do this. And perhaps it worked. Perhaps after such an exchange with God, a relationship was repaired. Perhaps a job opportunity was presented. Perhaps sobriety, the journey of sobriety, took new shape. I've heard many powerful stories like this, and they give me hope. They give me hope because people can still make that kind of connection in vulnerable moments with God in a way that, that changes life. Now, I don't think such experiences are exactly what Jesus was talking about when, when he said, don't bargain with God. We all know that God is not a cosmic vending machine. We can't just make a request and push a button and expect to get what we want. We know that. Quite the opposite, we often hold back in asking for ourselves. Sometimes that's because we know how easy it is to confuse what we want and what we need. So we err on the side of caution. And to be honest, sometimes we're afraid of being disappointed, so we don't ask at all. But more than that, we are often hesitant to ask God for anything because we know so many needs are going unmet in our world. So many people in our world don't have the basic human needs. So we struggle with the whole ask and you shall receive premise because we see so much emptiness out there and perhaps we've been left empty-handed a time or two and we want more. But wanting more is such a natural human inclination that it makes the top ten list. Today marks the end of our 10-week sermon series, which we have been calling Unlocking Faith. Ten keys, Unlocking Faith. It's an interactive series in which we have been gathering on Sunday mornings in person and online to connect the words of Jesus with the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses to give the people both before and after they worshipped that golden calf. The Tenth Commandment says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We shorten it often to do not covet. And what we're talking about here is contentment. And we have talked about contentment before. Contentment is a state of satisfaction or happiness. In other words, to be content is to be satisfied, to be happy. Happiness is often misunderstood as circumstantial, but when put in the context of being satisfied with the things that really matter, it becomes the tenth key to unlocking our faith. Now, for the past two and a half months now, the children of the church have been collecting keys like this. This is a full set 
tankies, to symbolize the Ten Commandments. And so far, we have discussed what it means to know what is important, to offer praise, to be honest, to rest, to show respect, to forgive, to be a good friend, to share with others, to tell the truth. And that brings us to today. Today's key is to be happy, which Jesus tells us hinges on focusing not on what we don't have, but what on on what we do have. Being happy hinges on focusing on what we do have. This is where the idea of bargaining comes into play. Be direct, Jesus says. Ask for what you need. This isn't a game. You may be more familiar with a translation that says, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Again, this is a tricky passage for many of us because we see so many needs going unmet around us and perhaps within us. I've been wrestling with this concept for years, and certainly in the past week. And what this comes down to is not so much about how we ask, but about what we're asking for. Stay with me here. I'm not making this up. Jesus spends time talking about praying in Matthew chapter 6. As I said with the kids, we call it the Our Father, or the Lord's Prayer. And we've made it a specific set of words that we can recite in a corporate setting like this one. And it works really well for that. But what Jesus was really doing in this passage is teaching followers not what to say, but what to pray for. And this is what we've been talking about with the children for the past 10 weeks. What we know as the Lord's Prayer basically consists of six categories. When we say our God or our Father in heaven, we're making a statement of identity. We're identifying God as a parent, but we're also identifying ourselves as the children of God. And we're coming to God as children come to their parents. Holy or hallowed be your name refers to purpose. We know that to be holy is to be set apart for a specific purpose. And God's presence and God's work in the world is directed toward a specific purpose. That means as the children of God, our presence and our work in the world is directed toward that same specific purpose. That's what the third part Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven is all about. Kingdom is about family. It's about community. The purpose of God and our purpose, too, is to extend grace and love and healing in the community to all. Healing, of course, is the meaning of salvation. Give us today our daily bread refers not just to food, but to all of our basic human needs. It puts the focus on God's provision, and it narrows our scope to what we actually need for each day. This fourth section of the prayer is the key to cultivating contentment. The next section is clearly about the importance of forgiveness. And again, just as I 
just said to Seth and to Chris, we say, forgive us our trespasses, but what we're talking about here is pain. The pain that we cause with our actions, either our malicious actions or even our careless ones. So we would do better to say, forgive us when we hurt others, as we forgive those who hurt us. And finally, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. This last part ushers in the hope that God will give us the strength not just to face evil, but to practice our faith, to be faithful in all of the practices that are mentioned in the prayer above. So Jesus himself tells us that these are the types of things for which we are to pray. But did you notice that except for daily bread, not one of them is a thing? Even bread is not something we can store up forever. It is meant to be consumed before it perishes. And our reliance on bread every day, on sustenance every day, takes us back to God in prayer. It highlights our connection with and our reliance on the one who provides the source of all life. Now, this is no small thing, beloved. This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, offers us what it means to be happy. It's not in having what everyone else has. It's not even in having everything that we want. It's in knowing what we actually need. It's in recognizing our inability to provide everything that we need for ourselves and our responsibility to help provide it for other people. In such a prayer, our part in the community is revealed. As we are reminded once again, the prayer is not about bargaining. It's about partnering. Prayer is about partnering with God. We see this in the Bible too. Yes, they pleaded desperately with God, but Jacob and Moses and Hannah and so many others also partnered with God in pursuit of that shared purpose because they understood, as Jesus was trying to teach us in how to pray, that the power belongs to God. That's the primary lesson in the Lord's Prayer. All power and honor and glory is yours, God. It also shows us that the way for us to participate in that power is through community, through our part in doing the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. That's how we participate in the kingdom. And that's why Jason and I bought that stock in the Green Bay Packers while we were planning our wedding. This one share will not make us rich. Actually, financially, it is worthless. We literally cannot sell it for what we paid for it. But it connects my husband to a team that he loves and to his Midwestern roots and to a host of memories from childhood and young adulthood and to many future family experiences as well. It connected us in that moment of purchase to the reality that our decisions are never, ever not going to affect the other person, including bringing home a 60-pound dog from the farmer's market on a Saturday morning as long as we both shall live. It taught us that truly keeping our partnership a priority would make us happy, even on the tough days. This is how faith works, too. 
To be happy is to be connected to the wants and the needs of others. That's why we grieve when we see basic needs going unmet, even with people we don't know and will never meet. And that's why we come together to do something about it here at Morningstar. That's what the Lighthouse Food Pantry is about and the New Mexico Ramp Project and the efforts of the mission team and the Camino After School Program and our partnership with NM Cafe. It's why we care for each other within the congregation with meals and transportation and, and pet sitting. It's why we pay attention to our own spiritual growth and development through coming to worship, worshiping online, participating in Bible studies and small groups. All of these practices help us learn to be content. And they are practices, truly. Contentment itself is a practice, and it connects with other practices as well, such as gratitude and simplicity. Now, gratitude is the quality of being thankful. It's an active kind of thankfulness as well. It includes showing appreciation and returning acts of kindness. And it's the kind of thing that expands the heart. You ready to help again? Kiddos, we have an exercise for you with these polymer crystals and water. Do you have cups of crystals and water on the table? Okay. So you can do, Seth, what your dad is doing here. This water is our gratitude. It's our acts of gratitude. It's making lists of things for which we are thankful. It's showing appreciation to others. It is being kind in the community, and the crystals are like our heart, our faith, our relationships. These are polymer crystals. And as we pour the water into the crystals, they expand. And if you swirl and stir, Seth and Chris, you can do this back there, too. Yeah, but add water to the crystals. The crystals will expand. And as you stir, they actually become hard. And this is not like a hardened heart. This is a foundation. We can build our lives on a foundation of gratitude and add more and more and more. You didn't know he was a magician, right? As we add more and more, Water, the crystals expand just as our love and our lives expand, as does our happiness. It's pretty simple, actually, and that's the point. Simplicity is another practice that can lead to contentment. Simplicity is easy, it's natural, it's uncomplicated, and the more we apply that concept in every area of lives into our lives and to what we have and even to what we want, the less likely we are to covet because we will be truly content. But simplicity, gratitude, contentment, they all take practice. I do have some resources that can help. On your way out, you can pick up a gratitude journal sheet, and also a treasure box sheet, and we also have PDFs that we can drop into the comment section so that you all at home can participate as well. These exercises may not be your thing, but they could lead you to something that would be a good practice for you. They can help you take your next step in your spiritual journey. Because honestly, that is the word of every week, in case you haven't picked up on it yet. Practice. 
practice really is the key to unlocking our side of the door of faith. Faith itself is a gift from God. It's enabled by God's grace and God's power, but it doesn't really mean much unless we use it, unless we practice every moment of every day. And in doing so, we can come to discover what it means to truly be happy. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for teaching us what to pray for. Thank you for building in us a sense of gratitude. Help us to learn how to express our thankfulness, our appreciation, our kindness. Remind us to keep things simple as we continue to practice the faith that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.